The following audio is from Fellowship Baptist Church in Nederland, Texas. Our mission, to make and mature disciples through the gospel of Jesus Christ. For more information about Fellowship, visit fellowshiptx.org. All right, guys, this is uh, Daniel Ward. I'm a student pastor here at Fellowship. I'm here with Julian Martinez, our interim pastor, and uh, glad to be together this week. I was on a little bit of a vacation last week and uh, enjoyed listening to you and Brandon Shaw. It was a great podcast. Yeah, he did great. You know, I mean, he's obviously got the experience. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, he's he's Mr. Radio Man, so he did a good job. He was a little nervous about the content because he said, man, I'm brand new. I don't know about a lot of this stuff. And I said, that's perfect. That's exactly what I wanted. He did a great job. Yeah. So uh, we had a great vacation. Uh, drove all the way to uh, Tennessee. Yeah. Gatlinburg, Tennessee. Car broke down about an hour out of town and had to rent a car and get the rest <laughs> the of the way. Yeah, it was, it was a bummer. But we had a great time and uh, it was definitely a time of rest and, um, and enjoyed that. So got to hang out with the family mom and dad went and mm. so it was a good time i'm glad you had to got to get some rest so. yeah yeah for sure so um but we're back back in the swing of things i enjoyed sunday sermon i thought you did a great job and uh i, I was thinking i was talking to uh, becca about it on the way home about how it seems like as we've gone through the book of acts everything that we've been kind of talking about has been very timely with maybe what's going yeah. on with with society right now yeah, it, it is very odd that God's Word just has a way of doing that, right? It speaks right to our hearts, and I don't know if half of it is we're very receptive because of everything going on yeah. to the content, but it seems to like match up perfectly. And uh, I was actually telling Melissa that also Sunday afternoon, like, man, I just want to get a text to where I'm like, God loves you, and I'm encouraging people. Because <laughs> <laughs> yeah. it seems like lately, I mean, I've been getting the ones that it's just like very challenging to the heart. Yeah. And not that I don't mind. You know, I mean, obviously, I'll, I'll preach the word of God, whatever it says. Yeah. But uh, but it is it does very much seem like that. that yeah, way. and I, I don't know that people even have picked up. On, I mean, some people may not even realize this, but we're not picking topics we're just walking no. through the book of acts and yeah. so whatever's next is what we go with so mm-hmm. it's definitely just kind of worked out that way and uh i think that's god's like provision in, in times of, sure. of uncertainty to be able to kind of you know use his word to speak to our hearts and challenge us so yeah i think it's a testament of like you know we 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 don't control things and god controls yeah. and and he wants our church to go this direction yeah. and i think that's important yeah and and too that the word is alive and and gonna challenge your heart and that's what you want you want that conviction you want you know you want to be challenged you want god to you know convict you and change you and mold you into who he wants you to be absolutely yeah so let's go ahead and uh, dive in you just had two points uh sunday uh and the first point you said was that we are no better than anyone else who is not saved and you're kind of unpacking that that text with uh peter and cornelius and in the 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 controversy between um, the Israelites and the Jewish people and and the uh, Gentiles and how there's this this war that's beginning mm-hmm. uh, at this point and how God uses this vision for Peter to kind of convict his heart of a little bit of uh, bias and you know he's he's got this hatred for these Gentiles and yeah. and God kind of convicts him of that and says don't you know you quoted the don't so- call something unclean that I've called clean. Mm-hmm. And uh, I like how, too, you, you kind of pointed out this is a pivotal point in, in Scripture yeah. and, and in history mm-hmm. for for us because 
you and I, we're not Jewish people. We're and Gentiles. So we're yeah. Gentiles. And so this is a pivotal point in our history as believers to where, um, you know, there's this transition and it's made aware in Peter's sight and in the other church leader's sight at that point that, hey, there's this, this, this is not just for Israel. This is for, mm-hmm. for Gentiles too. Yeah, and so that was pretty exciting. So, uh, the first question I have on that first point of that we're no better than anyone else who is not saved is is this: How do we identify bias in our heart? I mean, you kind of talked about um, different types of bias that we may have, and you even you know talked about you know you see that homeless guy on the street, mm-hmm. and you think, oh, I don't want to talk to that guy about the gospel or whatever. Mm-hmm. And sometimes maybe even you might just throw some change at the person just so that you don't have to talk to them, you know, yeah. just so they'll leave you alone. And, and and how we shouldn't have that bias because God loves that person and, and it's our job to share the gospel with that person as much as it is the person that we're comfortable talking to. Right. And so how do how do we identify that bias in our heart? Because I've re- I really feel like a lot of people don't even realize or, or they don't want to admit. Yeah. Let's, let's say that. They don't want to mm-hmm. admit that they do have bias in their heart and that when they do see certain people, whether it's the homeless guy on the street or someone who is of, of a different race than them or someone who just lives differently than them, when they see those people, it, they, don't, they don't feel comfortable. They don't want to talk to them to that person and share the gospel with them. So how do we identify that in our own heart and be honest with ourselves? <clears throat> yeah, I think that's, I mean, it's pretty simple. I think that's the key is we need to be honest with ourselves first, mm-hmm. right? And and I think sometimes it comes from a sense of pride yeah. that we look in our own heart and we say, man, if I admit this, if I admit, because we're all going to have the cliche, like, I just want to love everybody. You know, mm-hmm. Jesus loves everybody. Right. And so... But we don't show that with our actions. Mm. And we have to be able to be willing to admit that in our own hearts to say, you know, I do feel uncomfortable when the guy come and asks me for change. Mm. I do feel uncomfortable when I'm at a party and there's two homosexual people there and they're all over each other. And that's not something I condone. I feel very uncomfortable. Yeah. And and it's understandable, right? Because we've 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 kind of all been taught whether it's our upbringing or whether it's our church or whatever, we've all been taught that we are separate from other people. And even though we are to be separated, that's what being holy is, right? Is mm-hmm. to be set apart, uh, for, to be set apart for God. But 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 we were them too at one point. Mm. And, and I think we don't realize that, right? I remember not too long ago, uh, somebody got saved and – they hadn't been saved for that long and they were struggling with some things and and I was very frustrated you know and I because I'm working with them discipling them and I remember just talking to Melissa one time and thinking like I remember when I was saved for one year maybe not even a year man I was I was a mess too you know and I've been I've been in this game for so long you know like I've been saved and been doing ministry and my whole life has been dedicated to Jesus Christ that I've actually forgot some of how that transition happened yeah. Not that I forgot my past because, you know, I, I, I have a testimony that is different from others. And so I'm able to share it a lot. Mm-hmm. But I do forget the mindset sometimes Yeah, that I had that mindset, too, at one point, And I was this horrible person who was doing all these horrible things. And, and what was my way of thinking back then? And so I have to realize within myself that I, I was no better for Jesus to save. Because, you see, I think it comes to this point, and we've talked about it before, is that we think we have this worth in us. Mm. We think, like, I was worth saving, and so Jesus saved me. That guy who's asking me for change is not worth saving, and so I don't have to waste my time. Right. 
and we don't want to admit it, but that's how we feel. Mm-hmm. And so, and that's how we feel too. That we we will talk and try to evangelize people who are more like us, which that's understandable because that's who we can relate to. Mm-hmm. But where does that leave everybody else? And so, I feel like just admitting it in our hearts first, because it's baby steps, right? First thing you have to do is say, "I admit it. I I I do feel that way when somebody comes and asks me for change." I do feel that way when this person who looks like a thug is like, you know, I despise their lifestyle. I do feel that way. It doesn't mean you're going to change overnight, but at least that's a first step to say, I'm admitting that there's something that is not right in my own heart. Yeah. And you kind of talk about, you know, the fact that we're, we are set apart. And um, I think that sometimes we view that as set apart in in every way so i'm gonna set up be set apart in my own mind but i'm also gonna be set apart in proximity mm. so i'm gonna live in a certain neighborhood i'm gonna go yeah. to certain schools i'm gonna go to church and i'm not gonna mingle with people who aren't set apart sure and, and that can be a dangerous thing i can't say how many people i talk to that their number one excuse for not sharing the gospel is why well, i just don't have any lost friends yeah well that's a horrible thing <laughs> that's a bad that, thing that to means admit. that you're not being intentional about building God's kingdom, which mm-hmm. is what you're called to do. You're not called to be set apart in proximity. Yeah, you're called to be set apart in holiness in your heart and, and how you view things and your desires. Kind of like you talked about, you know, your your heart changed when you came to Christ mm-hmm. and you don't really remember maybe how that heart was before. But but yeah, we set ourselves apart in that way, but we don't set ourselves apart in proximity. We still live in this world yeah. and we're still called to evangelize and, and be ambassadors for Christ in this world. And so I think that's a very important thing to remember is that we don't separate ourselves. You know, a lot, I don't think that we're called to, to live this separate Christian proximity world where we completely shut ourselves off from the world right. around us and, and don't build relationships with lost people. Yeah. We're not called to build a compound and to live yeah. in harmony together. Right. Right. And and that's the thing. That's another thing. It's kind of off topic, but that's how, that's how we want to see the church. Mm. We want to see the church. And today, and this is what I just see. I mean, this is just kind of what I feel. But we want to see the church as this safe space that we can come into and that we can all hang out together and speak Christianese and know what each other are saying and away from the world and away from the bad things. But, you know, Jesus called us to be a light into this world. Right. And so we're over here shining light on each other, mm. and yet there's no darkness. Right. And so, uh, and so that's another way is that we have to realize that there is darkness mm. and that we have the light. And even if we have this bias, we need to push through it to say, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get over that because the, the, the gospel is more important than my bias, right? Because God doesn't have a bias. And if he doesn't have a bias and didn't have it towards us, then we shouldn't have it towards others. So I didn't prep you for this question, but <laughs> something just came to my mind. And I think that a lot of times we have the bias in our heart. We may not want to see it. We may not want to recognize it, but we come up with excuses to give ourselves permission to have the bias, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And so what are some of those excuses that you think that people may have? Like, number one thing that comes to my mind is like, if I engage people in certain places, that's dangerous. Yeah. Right? I may be <laughs> risking my life <laughs> yeah. to go down to Gulfway and Port Arthur. Yeah. And, and so w- speak to that. What are some, yeah. some of the excuses you may have heard over time that, that are kind of like that? Yeah. Are you telling me you want me to risk my life? Yeah. yeah, yeah. My life is more important than theirs. Yeah. Uh, it's interesting that you asked me that uh, because I remember talking to somebody one time and they said uh, the schools where they were, they were on living on the East Coast. 
and their their child was older like high school age and mm-hmm. uh and just decided to homeschool because the school system was so bad and so i was thinking like wow like you know they weren't learning right or what was the case and they're like no like you know almost everybody's a homosexual and mm-hmm. they've got all these you know drug problems and everything and we just didn't want them in that environment and i remember like saying well aren't aren't they supposed to be a light too you know and mm-hmm. we want to shelter everything we have on this earth when jesus was never about sheltering mm-hmm. jesus was all about getting out there exposing the pharisees for who they were and i mean that's why he died right that's why they killed him right, right. and 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 we have to remember that this life and this world is not what we're living for and so the way we do it is we we create these biases and we build up these walls and then we say i'm going to build all these walls so that way the life i'm living now here on this earth can be as comfortable as possible with as low risk as possible until i make it to heaven and jesus doesn't want us to do that the word says that we're to be high risk and take the gospel where it needs to be taken no matter what uh and until we leave this world, right? That's why Paul's, you quoted it the other day, right? He says, for me to live is Christ mm. and to die is gain. Yeah. And he's saying this in the moment of they want to torture me. Mm. Everywhere I go, I'm persecuted and, and everything. And I, I'm, I'm, I'm so... Uh, I'm so risking my life, he says, but if I'm going to be on this in this world, it's going to be for Christ. Yeah. No matter what. And, and if they want to if they want to torture me, if they want to do whatever, I'm going to live for Christ. And then he says, and if through all that I die because of it, then I've gained. Yeah. I've won. It's a win-win situation. It's a win-win situation. Yeah. And so we do. We make up these excuses like, uh, you know, i got to move out of this neighborhood because it's getting so bad. And what if you're the only light in that neighborhood? Mm. You know what I mean? What, what if your children are going to school with bad children who need to hear the gospel, and because of it they get saved, and because of it their parents get saved and everything else, you know? Mm. And I get, like, we don't want to risk our children. We don't want to risk anything. But but that's not that's not the way God intended for us to be as Christians. It, we were intended to be the light in the darkness, and sometimes that's risky. Yeah, for sure. Uh, and so that that first question leads into this second question. And um, once we've identified that we do have bias in our heart, how do we deal with that? How do we how do we change that? <clears throat> yeah, that's a tough one, you know, because um, sometimes we've we've spent years and years and years building up these bias walls, mm. and uh, and I think we have to kind of leave that to the Holy Spirit. But we also have to be open to the Holy Spirit to change yeah. our hearts, right? Because I can't change my heart. There's nothing I could do because my heart is wicked. That's what the Bible says. Right. And so, uh, and so, we have to rely on the Holy Spirit to to do that. And you know, that comes from taking God seriously. Mm. Sometimes we don't want to do that. We want to live the Christian life and put all the Bible verses on Instagram and whatnot, and then not actually sacrifice yeah. and say, I'm going to, I'm going to pray God and I'm going to ask you to change my heart. And, you know, I used to have, I think I said it a couple of weeks ago, like I used to have this real bad disdain for homeless people because I see them asking for money. And, you know, I, I started working at 15 hard work and I worked all my life and, you know, I've never been without a job. And, and I used to like really have this hatred towards them and I remember one time God just dealing with my heart, you know, and him him saying, like, uh, I remember thinking to myself, if I give this person money, he's just going to drink it away. And then 
I remember God kind of speaking to my spirit saying, yeah, but he's hungry, right? And, and, and it didn't matter then as I kind of started to realize maybe this guy's life isn't going to change, but maybe God wants me to feed this person because they're hungry. Yeah. Right? Because it's a person made in the image of God who God does care about. Right. And if I can provide a meal for somebody, then 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 I've 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 shown the light of Christ, but not only that, I've taken care of a need. Yeah. And so we always want to connect it with I'm going to help you, but you're going to stop drinking, you're going to stop doing that, you're going to stop doing this, and you're going to fix your life up because I'm helping you. But Jesus never required that of us when he helped us. Mm. He he wants to help us and then fix us. Mm. He wants us to come just as we are. Right. And so it was at that point, you know, it was this homeless guy actually that I had seen and I had walked by at the golf course and God's kind of just worked on me and you know, I picked the guy up and bought him a meal and whatnot. But but since then, God has kind of opened my eyes that mm. that uh, it doesn't matter their situation. It doesn't matter who they are, what they've done. Because once again, I was in that boat too. I might not have been homeless, but I was a sinner, yeah. you know, and I was a sinner who needed a savior. And if we look at everybody that way, then bias walls should just fall completely. That yeah. that there's no difference. I don't care who they are, whether whether they're a different race than you and you've been taught to hate them, whether they're homeless and you would been taught like they're they're no good, you know, they're a sinner in need of a savior, and and you're the mouthpiece for God on this earth. Right. Yeah. You know, imagine if you're the only Christian left, you got a lot of work to do. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so that that's kind of how I would say, it. you know, that that's how we we change is we leave it up to the Holy Spirit and say, God, change my heart. Help me to see that. And uh, because I can't do it myself and then be receptive for that change. Yeah. And don't be don't harden your heart towards it. Yeah. If, if I'm honest, I've I've struggled in the past with that. Like and like you said, to view someone as someone who's been created in the image of God for me was the answer Mm. because for me before it was like you know what you're you're in this predicament because of your own choices yeah and so you've made your bed lie in it Mm -hmm. and and so i've had i had that bias and and didn't want to didn't want to help if you've made your bed you you got to suffer the consequences of your choices because a lot of times it's because of drug use and things like that and to me it's like well you made that decision so Mm -hmm. deal with it and God kind of changed my heart on that and helped me realize, like, this is someone that I created. Yeah. You know, God, God created that person and loves that person and created them in his image. And uh, and he wants me to, as, as someone who is a follower of his, to love them. You know, yeah. like the scripture says, like, whatever you do unto the least of these, you've done to me. Yeah. And, and so, you know, now... I'm not gonna lie. I still struggle a little bit with it, sure. if I'm honest. But I, I try to view people through the lens, you know, that Jesus sees them. Right. And even if they're a drunkard, even if they're addicted to drugs, even if they're, you know, trying to swindle me, you yeah. know, that's not for me. That's not my job to to deal with that. Yeah. My job is to just show the love of Christ and try to meet the need. Now, I'm not just gonna give somebody a hundred dollars on the side of the road or whatever, but you know, somebody comes to me and says, I'm hungry or yeah. I'm, I'm thirsty or, you know, I just need some gas to get to this place or, mm-hmm. you know, I had, we were traveling through um, on the way home and stopped at a, a park in Birmingham, Alabama, and a guy came up to me and said, hey, man, I, I need medicine hmm. and I don't have the money to go buy it. 
And so if someone comes to me like that with a legitimate need, then yeah. I want to view them, even though I can see like this dude has made some rough choices in his life. Sure. That's not, that's not my job. to. I don't have the responsibility of dealing with that. It's yeah. not my job to deal with that. My job is to show him what the love of Christ is and, and try to meet the need in the moment. Yeah. It, this is just like shooting from the hip. But, you know, if you remember in the Gospels, Jesus is talking to his uh, disciples and he's telling them, you know, if someone slaps you, turn the other cheek. Mm-hmm. And if someone, you know, asks you for a shirt, give them your tunic too. And if someone asks you to walk a mile, walk two miles, two miles with them. Mm-hmm. And I think he's he's trying to explain this to say, like, it doesn't matter. Right. Because we we want to look at someone like that and we want to say, man, you know, like I, I work hard. You don't. Why am I going to give you what mm-hmm. I got? Right. But is it really yours? Right. Because everything we have is of the Lord's and everything we have should glorify God. And if we're going to feed somebody, and if we're going to help somebody out, well, then that glorifies God. Right. He says, right. let your light so shine here on earth so that your good works would glorify God in heaven. Yeah. And he doesn't give us parameters for that. He didn't say only help your Christian brother. He didn't say only, you know. And so when when we have these biases and we put up these walls, we are then now hindering the glorification of God mm. in the act that we could be doing because we get proud and say, I worked hard for this. This is all mine, you know, yeah. and, and we want to own it. And when, you know, God's the one who provides for us anyways, right. even if we have an excess. Right. And, and by the grace of God, my circumstances in life are radically different than most most people in those yeah, situations. Absolutely. And, and that's not of my own effort. Right. That's because God has blessed me and, and allowed me to, to not suffer some of the things that those people have suffered in order to bless those people in that moment. That's exactly right. right. It's, yeah. it's not that he's blessed me just so I can be like, well, I'm better than that person. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he's blessed me so that I can in turn be used by him to bless that person. Yeah. And so I think when we recognize that, no, you didn't just work and earn that. Yeah. <laughs> you started off in a different place than most people. Most, most of the time, not, not everybody, but most of the time. Sure. And, and, and yeah, you worked, worked for it and have earned, but, but only by the grace of God mm-hmm. that, that you have anything that you have. Yeah. And, and the reason that he's giving you is that given you what he's given you is so that you can then in turn love other people. Right. And, and everything that you have and everything that you are yeah. is a gift from the Lord in order to be used by him for his glory. Yeah, when we get stuck in the here and now, then everything here and now is what matters. Yeah. And and that means we're going to keep and we're going to earn and we're going to, you know, glorify ourselves. Mm. But when we're kingdom minded, right? He said seek first the kingdom of God and all the other things will fall into place. Mm. Meaning if we're kingdom minded, then we want everybody to come to the kingdom with us. Yeah. And we want to expose people to the gospel and we want to love people in a way because this time is so finite mm. and it's so small and you know, and and so and so that's that's one of the things I guess I would answer is how, how do we get rid of those bias and how do we change our hearts is to understand that it's not about this world. It's not about this life. It's not about this place here on earth that we're going to spend 80 years and that's it. Mm. It's all about what's next and we have the key to help people get there. Yeah. So your other point was that the gospel message is more important than our feelings. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and you kind of connected that to current stuff that's going on you know they get the race thing that's going on and then we we always since the beginning of our country i feel like have had republican democrat wars right sure. especially yeah. it seems like in the past 15 20 years it's just really heated up mm-hmm. and maybe that's just because in the past 15 20 years i've actually been paying attention but <laughs> yeah it just feels like it's really heated up and like it seems like everything in life 
for whatever reason is is being connected to one side or the other Mm -hmm. and and so it kind of feels like that faith has been assigned to the to to one team right sure to to that to that red team (laughs) yeah and then and then the blue team is is the anti-faith team Mm -hmm. right and it seems like those those are how the sides have been drawn, and so as we, you know, we're on social media, and mm. which I'm gonna be honest with you, I feel like social media has become. I'm the so thing ready that's to delete to it. Kill Golly. our culture. Yeah. Like, oh yeah. Is, I agree. It is a cesspool of sin it's and horrible. filthiness and hatred mm-hmm. and it's it's. Whole, I deleted the app off my phone because I got tired of <laughs> it's like bad. just seeing all the junk that's on there. And, and there seems like there's very little good that comes from it, but that's just a sidebar. Yeah. But as we're on that, there's so much division, mm-hmm. and it's all divided on those two teams, right? You got the blue team and the red team. Mm-hmm. And if you're uh, on the blue team, then the red team hates you. And if you're on the red team, the blue team hates you. Sure. And, and, and like I said, faith has kind of gotten assigned to the red team. And, and so as a person of faith who sees everything going on, we feel like we have to pick a side because our side has already been established with one, right? Right. right. And, and the other side just blasts faith sometimes. Mm-hmm. And so my question to you is, how can we avoid getting distracted and defensive when we see that? Because like you said Sunday, that we're not, there is no side for us. No. We're on the kingdom side. Yeah. And, and, and the, we're not picking a blue or a red. We, we are looking to reach people for the gospel, and we're looking to build God's kingdom and bring people mm-hmm. from both sides into the kingdom, right? Absolutely. Because, because it's not about blue or red. It's not about American or uh, British. or, or it's, it's about are you part of the kingdom or are you not part of the kingdom? And yeah. we want everybody to be part of the kingdom. And so how, how can I avoid not, when, you know, when I log into Facebook, how can I avoid not getting distracted and defensive with what I see online? How can I avoid that and stay focused on the mission? Yeah, so one thing I think we need to remember is, like, these divisions have been happening since the beginning of time. Yeah. Right? There's always a, a division happening. If I mean, if you look in the Old Testament, you know, uh, um, Judah separated from Israel, mm-hmm. you know, and then you had the Pharisees and you had the Sadducees and you had these two parties who were constantly battling each other on theology and mm-hmm. one felt that they were right and the other felt. And Jesus steps on the scene and he's like, none of you are right. You're all wrong because you've all lost the focus. You've all lost the focus of what you're supposed to be doing, right? You're supposed to be honoring God with your life and sharing God with other people, but instead you've taken it and you've used it for your own self-gain. Mm-hmm. And so if I'm completely honest with you today, I, I don't care what side it is, whether it's red or it's blue, they're, they're, they've all kind of placed themselves there for self-gain. Mm-hmm. That's all it is, right? Absolutely. They all make all the money. They all, you know, nothing's ever changed. <laughs> You've had the same lawmakers in office on both sides, and nothing ever changes, it seems right, like. Nothing right. ever gets better. You know, it still seems like we're getting swindled half the time. And so and so, we need to look at it as, as in, like, why are we picking these sides for a nation that literally is not going to be there in the end? Right. Because here's the, here's the skinny, is that the United States will fall at one point or another. Mm. It's inevitable. Every major power has and will, and it's because they implode from the inside, and it's because that's the way, because, because we're a pagan nation. We're not a Christian nation. Right, right. We might have been 
uh, founded on some Christian morals, but not even all those guys were Christians. Right. Most right? of them were deists. Most, yeah, most of them were deists who, you know, they wanted, they liked the Ten Commandments and kind of the laws mm-hmm. that came with that because it's smart. Obviously, God they robbed Christian morality. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. and it worked, right? Yeah. And it worked for a long time. But then, what it created was this kind of uh, religious sense of duty that went out the window because there was no heart in it. Mm. And so, is that really what we want to follow? Because we haven't been called to follow any nation, right? To be honest with you, God set apart the nation of Israel as His own, and we haven't been called to follow them. Right. We've been called to follow Jesus Christ and his mission. And so I think the most important thing is how we can be laser focused on that is to understand that however I feel doesn't matter because our feelings can can deceive us oftentimes. Right. You have people who commit affairs on their spouses because they then generate feelings for somebody else. That's wrong. You You should not do that. And so, uh, you know, as as a Mexican-American, a Hispanic, you know, I've had I've had moments when in a church somebody, you know, had shown that they did not like, you know, who I was for who I was. And I had to serve alongside them. You know, and because that's not the point. And even though they didn't see it that way, you know, I had to see it like like that. That doesn't matter. That stuff doesn't matter because what there's only one race. It's the human race. And that's the way God if we all came from Adam and Eve, then stop with all the race thing. Right. right. Because it doesn't make any sense at all. Right. And so, you know, I have to set aside my feelings that this guy, you know, did not like me for my my skin color or whatever. And I had to set that aside to then serve God in that place Mm. because because what he thinks doesn't matter and how he thinks about me and how that makes me feel shouldn't matter. Right. It still makes me feel a certain way. But then if I allow that to blind me, well, then sin creeps up and then I start feeling that way towards him. And then I feel justified because I say, well, you shouldn't feel that way about me first. So I'm going to feel this way about you. And and once we start choosing sides, that's what we do. Mm. If you choose that red side or whatever, then you start looking at people on the other side as like idiots and they don't know anything. They have no common sense. They're lazy. Da da da. da. And then if you choose the blue side, all you're going to see is you know that they're only one race and that they only do this and only do that. Mm. And you start building up this hatred for them in in your heart. And how are you going to go share the gospel with somebody from across the aisle? Mm. How's that going to work? Yeah. Right. How is it as a genuine believer? Are you going to go up to one of those people who you've now generated this hate for and say, man, I, I want to embrace you. I want you to know the gospel and I, and I want you to be in heaven with me. Mm. That's less likely to happen. And so I feel like even right now with all the junk on social media, we've we've started to hitch our wagons to certain sides. And that's not wise either for us as Christians whether we feel that it's right or that it's wrong. You know, we see a lot of things happening in the news and then we say, oh, my eyes have been open and I've never seen this before and now I'm going to hitch my wagon to this social justice going on. But then we don't see under the surface that these things aren't God honoring. They're not even Christ honoring. They don't even match up with our values and yet here we are now supporting certain things. Mm. And you can't do that. You have to be very careful with that because it works both ways on each side. Yeah. And I think a lot of it stems from fear, too. Sure. Like, I hear a lot of people say, you know, if you vote 
for this side or the other. I mean, either, both sides say Both that. sides. If you vote for this side, then the world's going to be this horrible place and all this the bad stuff's going to happen and it's going to be the end of America as we mm-hmm. know it and blah, blah, blah. What that communicates is that our hope is in one team or the other. Yes. That the answer is this team or this team. Mm-hmm. And that is an anti-gospel message because our hope is not in one side or the other. Right. Listen, Donald Trump, the Republican Party, any party that is comes from that thing will not fix America. Right. It won't. They, they Because... Scripture says the only thing that will fix the heart of man is the blood of Jesus. Right. And, and surrendering yourself to Christ. And so when we feel like, man, the only answer to all the problems that are going on is if I check this box on a voter ballot, mm-hmm. then you have communicated that that is to you, Lord. Yeah. That that is the person that will fix right. what's going on. And that is an anti-gospel message. And we excuse it away too, like we say, like, uh, well, this guy has these Christian values, yeah. and what that's communicating is, I want society and government to enforce morals mm. onto a sinful people who have no Holy Spirit. Yeah, <laughs> right. I, I I don't want unsaved people to be able to act unsaved around me, mm. and I want laws put in place to stop them from doing things that are immoral. And, you know, what was really interesting to me when I was reading this historical account uh, Sunday morning, uh, which I had just read the night before, and I was like, I got to put this in my sermon, because there was all kinds of hostility going on, and never once do we read any of the New Testament writers address any of it. Yeah. And that was eye-opening to me, because it was the culture they were living in and things that were going around. And then it just kind of popped like, you know what? Jesus didn't send us to fix the culture because that's not the mission. Right. The mission is to take him to as many people as we possibly can. And that, in a sense, will fix their lives and, and it'll fix their own lives and the own direction of their mm-hmm. lives. And then they go and spread the gospel. And But it's not so that we can have this utopian society yeah. of everybody living right. That's not the goal. That's the, not the goal. The goal is not to have a Christian nation, the goal is to build God's kingdom. That's exactly right. And you know what? Jesus is going to destroy this world in the end. Yeah. And yeah. so what are we doing trying to preserve Why it? Why are we fighting for it? It doesn't make any sense yeah. at all, and it doesn't match the mission. Yeah. And, uh, and you know, I think, too, like when you see that stuff, don't take it personal. Sure. You yeah. Know, we don't wrestle against flesh and blood. That's right. Right? And so our job isn't to – we shouldn't take things personally because lost people are going to act lost. That's exactly right. And, and and people are going to hate us. Scripture. Mm-hmm. Jesus told us that we should expect that. Yeah. And so, but he still said on the cross to the people that were killing them, killing him, Father, forgive them, for they don't know what they do. Yeah. And yeah. so we should come with the same approach of, you know, I'm not going to hate this group of people because they disagree with me, right? Or because they're lost. Yeah. I'm going to love people regardless because. That's what I'm called to do. Yeah, and just real quick, I know we're kind of out of time, but you know, when you look at Cornelius and Peter, here's Cornelius, and he is a part of this system that Peter hates. Mm. Yet God has softened his heart, and he is ready to be exposed to the gospel of mm. Jesus Christ. And Peter would never have gone to Cornelius had God not intervened. Yeah. And that's something I think we need to look at is that there's a world out there with sinners who are who maybe God is softening their heart and they need this message and we have yeah. the message. Yeah. And are we going to withhold it from them because we've chosen a side? 
Yeah, I think if if we as believers, as the church, would stop walking up to the line with our fists up ready to fight mm-hmm. back, if we just walk to the line and say, let me tell you about this guy named Jesus. Yeah, absolutely. And let me show you how he's changed my life. Absolutely. How much, how radically would that change the, the conversation? Yeah, our church would explode. Yeah. Absolutely. So, uh, again, man, I thought you did a great job. Um, I really enjoyed the sermon. I, I thought it was one of the better ones that I've even heard you preach, and, and I thought it was a great just just how timely it was it was perfect for what's going on and i enjoyed it and uh, it definitely spoke to me too like just needing to be aware of the own biases in my heart and, yeah. and be honest about it and and ask god to change my heart and and work through that mm. so appreciate that and, and thank you guys for listening and uh, we hope to see you again this sunday and uh, you guys have a blessed day